if you were to look at an asset that is your most valuable asset, it's time. And to me, wealth uh, is really the ability to spend your time the way you want. And people go, oh, like retired? No, like when you when you have material wealth, you have an excess of resources. So like if you've got enough money, Junaid, you can throw it at hiring an editor, which that you have the power to buy your time back to do what you want with it. Today, I get to speak with Mike Gaston. So how did I discover Mike Gaston? Well, first, I first watched his YouTube video about the Cybertruck and how it was a branding marvel. Now, we all have heard of the Cybertruck by Tesla, and the internet was going crazy over this amazing design. People either thought it was ugly or beautiful, and Mike Gaston displayed a very thorough view of what Elon Musk and Tesla did to the truck industry with the Cybertruck. The depth of knowledge and references shown through the video because Mike Gaston himself is a strategic marketing consultant who has been helping privately owned companies scale, gain competitive advantage, launch new products and services. He's developed a ton of marketing strategies, implementation plans, branding platforms and marketing systems towards helping the client realize their goals. He typically works in conjunction with owners, CEOs, and their leadership teams, acting as an outsourced CMO and a trusted advisor. Let's get to know more about Mike and learn from what he does that focuses on strategies. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Mike, thanks so much for coming back to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Junaid. It's a pleasure to be here today. Fantastic. So Mike and I, we met through a very random coincidence. I mean, Mike created an awesome video that my brother-in-law actually shared in our group chat and was like, dude, check out this Cybertruck branding video. And I, I checked it out. I was like totally blown away by his, like the way he went into the stuff. And, and so I was like, right away, I checked out his other videos. I went to the contact information and I <laughs> emailed him and we've been talking since then. And I can't even remember when was this? I want to say that video came out. It was before Thanksgiving. It was maybe early November. It was, I think the Cybertruck came out uh, on a Thursday and I made that video maybe all night, Saturday night through Sunday. I, I did it and then posted it that weekend, maybe Sunday, Sunday morning or Sunday night. I don't remember. Yeah. It didn't blow up right away. Initially that video just kind of sat there for a little bit, but I think somebody on a Reddit forum found it like mm -hmm. a, uh, a Tesla Reddit forum and they shared it because the data shows that all this outside traffic came in. And then once all these guys started pouring in watching the video from Reddit, I think yeah. the YouTube algorithm picked it up and it blew up. But you and I have been talking to each other because you emailed and it was, I was flattered. You know, I, yeah, it was, it was fun to interact with people. You, you were really cool. We started texting each other. So, I mean, we've pretty much stayed in touch since then, which has been really nice. Yeah. It's been pretty awesome. And I think, it's all about engagement, right? It's all about reaching out and connecting to that one person that you just connected on a different level. And I think that's what we found in each other by connecting and talking. And you have a podcast, you know, so I listen to The Currency 
and the way you edit it, the way you like go on location and in the middle you just cut into like, okay, we're gonna take a little break. So that was really a nice touch. And I was like, Thank you. I need to do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing the Hacks and Hobbies podcast? So the Hacks and Hobbies, it started back in uh, 2018. Okay. I just finished my eight week beekeeping class and I was okay. like, I need to document the journey. And then it, it also coincided with me finishing reading the book by Gary Vaynerchuk, Crush It and Crushing It. And he's like, just document the process. Why are you, what are you so scared of? So it, it was a culmination of like a lot of things coming together. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm just going to do the podcast, just jump right into it. And it was the first season was all about just me documenting and just talking to myself in my car while I commute. But then I was like, I need to start talking to more people because the more I hear, you know, your network is your net worth. And then mm. all these things about talking people, outreaching. I was like, there's something there. There's something that I'm lacking because I, I mean, I growing up on the internet, I've connected with, with a ton of people. Like I remember back in the days, AOL Instant Messenger, I would just, you know, randomly go talk to people. And I was like, well, it's not that much different now, but now you can actually put a face to the person and it mm, <laughs> yeah. names. So that's been pretty exciting. So Mike, tell us a little a version of your journey that no one's heard of before. Oh goodness. <laughs> a version of my this is okay, now you've thrown me a curveball right out of the gate. A version of my journey that no one has heard before. Oh, Wow, Junaid, I think you've stumped me right out of the gate, and I like to talk. Um, well, I, we'll we'll go into something that we all we all know, right? So you're a YouTuber, you're in yep. a branding space. You know how did all that come through, come about? Sure, sure. And you, thanks for rescuing me. I would have struggled. I would have come up with an answer, but um, so. So yeah, so I've got a YouTube channel. I'm a YouTuber, I guess. It's kind of funny for me to say that. I've got right now just shy of 11,000 subscribers. Um, and really that that subscriber base came from that Cybertruck video. You know, I, I had a little channel. I was just learning. I'm still learning the ropes. Mm -hmm. But that that one video hit and, uh, and gave me a nice audience. And I'm still exploring. I still don't think that I've crack the code. I know I haven't cracked the code, but I feel like I'm getting better and better with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but my background is brand and, and marketing. You know, I studied uh, communication and graphic design as a minor in college. I, um, I, you know, went on to get into things like sales, marketing, and so on. I did some agency work. I did some marketing for some really large companies like like Honeywell. I got into publishing, uh, engineering, manufacturing, and so on. A lot of different things. And if you look at my career, every year and a half to two years, I would jump to something new. I just mm -hmm. bounce and bounce and bounce. And this kind of gets at your tell us something that nobody knows. I I just, and I married uh, someone from another country. So in America, like I'm 53, it's mm -hmm. more and more common. Like in the old days, you'd keep a job for a long time. And if you jumped around, people thought something was wrong with you. Nowadays, it's pretty common. But yeah. my wife coming from another culture, like her parents were nervous. Like this guy doesn't keep it. Like I was always employed. I always earned really well, but I would jump from job to job and I kind of got bored. I would get bored or frustrated and I would just leave. I've never been fired uh, my whole life. I guess uh, there's still time. Of course, now I'm an entrepreneur. So I guess the only way to get fired is to fire myself. But 
Um, I went one time to a uh, kind of career person saying, help me find an, an I was a pretty successful sales rep mm -hmm. and I wanted to get a better sales job. And she looked at me, she goes, I'm not going to help you. And I was kind of taken back. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm in my early thirties at this point, but I was, I was a hitter. I, I was a closer. I did really well. She goes, yeah, she goes, I'll help you find a job. And in a year and a half, you'll be back here saying to me, I'm not happy. I need another job. She goes, here's what you need. You need to have your own business. The, the problem isn't that you're undisciplined. The problem isn't that you're um, reckless. It's that you need to be in control and you get bored too easily. So I'm going to recommend one of two things. You either need to start your own business or you need to find a senior person that can take you under their wing that wants to sell their business and they can mentor you and you can take the business over. And it was like a religious experience. When she did that, it's, it's almost like she looked inside me on a level that nobody else ever had before. And I always knew that I was entrepreneurial and I'd always, I tried other things, but I had a young family and I just thought I needed to buckle down and, and do the thing. So yeah. fast forward to today, I've owned um, an agency for about eight, let's see, 15 years. Wow. Uh, maybe it was more than that, but about 15 years I owned an agency. We did work for Fortune 50, Fortune 500, you know, big companies, Bird's Eye Foods, Kodak, Wegmans Foods. We did all kinds of branding work. Nice. Uh, web development packaging. And about four years ago, I shut that down. I, as I was running that business, I was evolving as a person. And I loved graphic design, but it was more tactical. And I wanted to be more involved in the strategic stuff. I love the strategic elements of branding. I love business strategy, marketing strategy, and so on. So I wound that business down. Um, yeah. It was very hard because I love my staff. They're just great people. And then went out on my own as a consultant. And so for the last four years, I've been consulting typically for privately owned businesses, anywhere between say 10 and 200 million a year in revenue. I work with the owners to help them transform their marketing and their branding. And it's been really rewarding. So uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah. I don't know if that, that gives you a good picture, but um, <laughs> that's how I, I got to where I am now. I, I wish I had, I wish I knew now what I knew then, or, you know, I wish I knew then what I know now, I should say. Yeah. Um, Cause I think I would have changed some things along the way, but I'm thrilled to be where I am. It's such a blessing to do the work that I do and I'm grateful for it. That's beautiful, man. The, the journey you've shown, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's typical, but it's very different from like you, like you said, you know, a lot of people stuck in the same job for a very long time. Starting back then, like I, I look at I look at my dad and he worked for the same company uh, when he moved to when we, we all moved to Saudi Arabia for okay. about 30 years, I would think from 80 wow. to 2000 and 2003. So he was basically in the same company. It was a, basically it was a consultant company, but he worked on several different projects because, you know, as as part of a con, an agency or a consultancy, you work on pro different projects as a system sure. analyst and whatnot. So that was, that was interesting, but technically he was, the paycheck was coming from the same EIN number or whatever you might call it. Sure. And I, the longest that I've worked at any company is probably three and a half years, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I've, I've got the same problem. I jump around, right. either, I, either the, there's a, there's a fast growth in the company and then they they shot too you know too high of uh you know went public too quickly and and uh the company's stock got diluted and now they're laying off everybody right like, oh, right right if we thought we were going somewhere right that was uh, an exciting experience and then either 
the the CEO that came into the company was like, why are you talking to ex CEOs? You're fired, you know. <laughs> so oh, wow. I've had some of those experiences, but I've I've landed on my feet, you know, no matter what the situation was was. But this last time around, I started my podcast. I got too into it, and I didn't heed the advice of other podcasters that you know you should hire a editor for your podcast and not be staying up three hours working on an episode. So I didn't heed that advice. I was working on the episodes while at work, right? So it was um, taken away. <laughs> Essentially, I got myself fired a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, well, I need to hire a team if I want to keep doing this. So then it doesn't eat into my time because time is something that is very finite it's something that doesn't come back money keeps coming back right time is our most valuable resource i mean people don't yeah. think about it but i agree with you 100 i mean time if you were to look at an asset that is your most valuable asset it's time yeah. and to me wealth uh is really the ability to spend your time the way you want and people go oh like retired no like when you when you have material wealth you have an excess of resources so like if you've got enough money junaid you can throw it at yeah. hiring an editor which that you have the power to buy your time back to do what you want with it amen so yeah i'm, I'm with you 100 on that i although i am still editing my own youtube videos and own podcast so i have to i have to learn to let go of some of that stuff i've, I've kind of i don't know about you in my mind i've got some yeah. goals like when i hit a certain level then i'm going to bring somebody in to do that so you've for this you're you've got an editor now that you're yes. hired yes. and how how's that working out like because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. There's certain things I don't want to hand off. How is that? So so what it took me was, I was like, I just need somebody to just put these things together. It doesn't have to be highly polished. I gave them a template. Okay, mm -hmm. this is my template. This is my intro. Put this intro audio in, and I'm going to record my introductions to each of the episodes. Put that in the front, and then you you know go into the episode you know, clean up a little bit, apply these uh, effects. So I basically created like a 20 minute long video of the process of how edit, how I put my episodes together. Mm -hmm. And then what I didn't realize is in my introduction that I mentioned season two. So some of the season three episodes have an intro that says season two, but nobody pays attention to that <laughs> because I haven't had anybody come to me um, telling me, hey, how come you have a season two, you know, intro? So that that also goes to show that I haven't been marketing a lot around sure. my episodes. You know, I get I get what I get, but I do have a plan. I have a VA that I'm training to help with the promotion piece. You know, help okay. with emailing. So there's a there's a there's a big Daddy. stuff coming along. Um, what I what I'm doing. I have my son come in here asking for. Nice. That's okay. Hey, hi. Hello. Hello, Subby. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> this buddy is, uh, he's a little shy. That's um, okay. Musa, we don't have any tape. You guys finished it all. You guys, you can use stapler. All right. I think Baya has the stapler. All right. <laughs> That's all right. That's great. Oh, you can't use a stapler. Well, I don't have any tape. We don't have any tape. You have to buy some. I need tape. 
My youngest, my youngest is 21. So I'm oh, past wow. these. Although we do have a pup, we have a dog now uh, that's about five months old. So okay. she, she will try to bang and come into the, my office, but yeah. my wife took her outside. So it'll be okay. Nice. Yeah. So we have, a, uh, I have a 10 year old, a five year old and a two year old, the two year olds at grandma's. Okay. So, so both, since both my wife and I work from home. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, need, we need some uh, sanity yeah. in our corner. Yeah, no problem. So, no, it's a total, we homeschooled too. So we're used to having the kids around, but mine are all older now. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, yeah. So, so th that's something that I'm working on to, you know, going through that process. And I'm, I'm going to have to get some tape for this, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> that's all right. I don't mind waiting. Lisa, Lisa, come. Lisa. Let's let's see if Maria can find some tape for you. Cute. Cool thing about cool thing about editing is that you can edit stuff out or leave it in you know yeah <laughs> it's the life of the covid and you know so you so you said you've been homeschooling for you know your kids which is really awesome my my wife's been thinking about that too so i think that would be something really cool because starting two weeks from now we're gonna have two kids doing virtual schooling yeah yeah yeah, right. we, we don't regret it. We love that we homes we homeschool from the beginning. Nice. Um, kids have done really well in university, so I mean, it's not, it, it, it you know it hasn't held them back. I've got one kid with a degree in economics, another nice. kid with a mechanical engineering degree, and my daughter is about to finish up. She's got one more semester, but I mean, it's it's good because you can instill your values and yes. uh, your worldview, which I think is important, and at the same time, instill a love for learning, which I think. Sometimes the school system struggles to do that because it's a yeah. little bit more of a bureaucracy and kid, it it's a little bit less, uh, it's not as exciting. But on the other side, they're not hanging out with all their friends. But in the yeah. world of COVID, they're not hanging out with them anyway. Yes, exactly. They're not. Yeah. And the, the best way to hang out is through video anyways. You know? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> At least today. Yeah. Exactly. So going back to the, the podcast and, and what I'm doing with it, I'm, I'm just learning through it. I think the, my, my, my most favorite part about the podcast is these conversations, these mm. conversations that I have with our guests, with other people, you know, like yourself, you know, you, you have so many different, um, the mindset, the, the passion towards what you're creating and all the different things that I think entrepreneurship itself brings to the life. I mean, there's so many times that these conversations have gone into tangents but then you're always you know exactly where we all come from right the mind of of a of a of an entrepreneur is of a you know you just want to look in deep into those ideas and and see where they can go i agree and i struggle right now i say struggle but so i've got a full um you know full portfolio of clients that I'm serving. I actually hired uh, an employee full-time. Actually, it's my eldest son. He's got a degree in economics and he's helping me with the client work. So we're busy there. 
Uh, and I'm trying to launch this, I say launch, but I'm trying to grow this other side of the business, which is how do I serve? It's one thing to serve a client. And if I can help a client grow, if I can help them make more revenue, create wealth, that's great for their employees. It's great for the owner, their community. So that's all good. Mm-hmm. But I want to help entrepreneurs. I want to help solopreneurs and freelancers and people learn from what I've been able to, to gain through my years of experience. How do you how do you close deals? How do you make more money for what you're doing and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I'm trying to grow my audience. And the challenge I'm having there's two, is twofold. One is time because the client work that I have now takes a lot of time. And, uh, and the, second, the second challenge I'm having is just, should I hold off? <laughs> All right, give me a second. Let me see if I can. Okay, no problem. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Thank you so much for your patience, my friend. Yeah, no problem. Do you, uh, I'm fine to keep going, but do you want to try to reschedule? I mean, I, no, no, I won't, I'm, I'm, I'm not upset. I understand. You're trying to no, juggle everything. No, no, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, if you have the time, I have the time. We're good. Sure. Okay. Let's keep going then. All right. Let's do this. So you were talking about, um, you, you've hired somebody in, uh, and it's, mm-hmm. it's your, it's your son. Yep. Yeah. Him. I can just jump into the second, cause I had the first thing I can just jump into the second point. Your editor can pull out. All right. Is that cool to plot yeah. the in-between? That works, yeah. Okay. So the second challenge I'm having right now is, you know, time is the first issue, time is the first issue, but the second, let me do that one more time. So the second challenge I'm having right now is just finding my voice. And what I mean by that is there's so much entrepreneurial content out there. There's like, you know, everybody from Gary V all the way on down, there's just a million people talking about entrepreneurship. Yeah. There are things that I am interested in that are about entrepreneurship, but they get beyond that. It's things like wealth creation and finding fulfillment in life and even some things about political views and so on. And I'm trying to find a way to bring all those things together uh, in a way that's meaningful to an audience. And I think right now I'm doing a little bit of experimenting. You know, some content might be a little bit more political. Some might be more very much how-to yeah. And there's, you know, all these points in between. And um, I'm hoping over time that I don't alienate everybody that's following me, but that I can find that kind of deeper vein yeah. that I think is richer and more valuable so that I can add something to the world that's unique and and something that only I can do versus just trying to copy what everybody else is doing. And uh, that takes time. So yes. I've had to give myself permission just to suck for a while, to put stuff out there that's not good. And that's hard but it's liberating too. And we'll see where that, we'll see that where that leads me over time. You know, it's, it's really amazing what you're mentioning because, uh, I'm, I'm part of several different Facebook groups and, and Slack groups and whatnot. And everybody's wondering what their why is, right? Everybody's mm. figuring out, okay, what's my why? How can I connect with people? How can I, you know, how can I, you know, do like what's my vibe to so I can find my tribe right so once you figure that out and and I've I've been struggling with that since day one I'm like okay who's my target audience what what do you mean my target audience I'm <laughs> so yeah. talking about that and thinking about that over and over and over and doing all these exercises and I keep coming back to the, the the answer is like you know what kind of transformation what i w- did i see in myself in the past mm-hmm. two years right so what 
problem did I solve for myself? And how can I so help solve that same problem for somebody else? Absolutely. Right? That's, that's powerful. Yeah. And that can be on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, Junaid, it could be as simple as beekeeping, like a very kind of hands-on, I don't want to say tactical, meaning that it's, but it's, you know, it's very hands-on. It's an agricultural kind of thing. Yeah. Or it could be as high level as transformation of, of you, you as a person. Like I've totally transformed. I see the world in a different way. Yeah. And I, I, that's what's kind of exciting because I think both extremes are legitimate and all the points in between, you can go deep with any of those. Absolutely. And, and with the way the world is, there's a, there's a group of people that want to participate in that. You got to find that tribe, but um, yes. I'm with you on that. And I kind of, I kind of know on a certain level, like for me, the transformation that I've experienced throughout my life is learning to live life on my own terms. Mm -hmm. This is that idea that I bounce from job to job until I realize I need to have my own, I need to have my own business. And yeah. at the time I didn't think I should do it because I had a young wife. I kept bouncing from job to job. We had little kids and I felt guilty. And I said, no, I just need to be disciplined. And then my dad passed away. He, he was a Vietnam veteran. He'd been exposed to agent orange. He'd been sick for a number of years oh. and he passed away young. And, uh, you know, he, he had just turned 59 wow. and that was a wake up call. I just thought it doesn't matter what, what everybody wants me to do. It matters what I should do. I have to be true to who God made me to be kind of thing. And so yeah. I just decided like, I'm going to pursue it anyway. I know a lot of it's about living life on my own terms, but it's learning to communicate that in a way that's meaningful to others. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of it just sits up in my head or in my heart. But how do you get that out in ways that are meaningful and yeah. in ways that the algorithm likes and, all that stuff. And it's challenging, but it's a learning. That's a great thing about, I think, being an entrepreneur. It's like you're always learning. And that's just really it wonderful. It is. It is. It's absolutely beautiful. The, the ability, I mean, uh, being able to continue to learn no matter in which direction you head into, because you're so passionate about like, I have a workshop full of projects that, that I want to start or half started <laughs> yeah. because it all comes back to time, right? How do I yeah. get that time back so I can go and work on those projects? Like, uh, I have a I have a few jeans that I want to turn into a quilt. <laughs> yeah, yep. right. Uh, I want to set up like LED lights and I want to build all these like furniture type of things. Like I I love doing all of this and 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 the beekeeping is was a really good example and it got me into an area of area of knowledge that I had no clue about. So mm. went and went in and took the class, learn about bees, I'm like, oh, wow, the you know, there's only it's the it's the worker bees that are the female bees that do all the work. Male bees have no job whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Their only job is to, you know, uh, reproduce or not reproduce, but you know, to yeah, to help the queen. Sure. Help the yep. queen. Exactly. That's about it. That's all he does. So learning about a lot of that and people ask me, you know, why'd you go into beekeeping? And it goes back to, well, it's because I wanted, we wanted to get local honey. That would be good mm. for my son who has seasonal allergies and he has allergies. Yeah. My wife does, has done honey therapy. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's my why be, to why I got into beekeeping. So to help get right. So that's a story in itself. That can say, hey, this is why I got into beekeeping. This is why you could get into beekeeping, right? So if I wanted sure. to go into that. So then I was like, okay, 
the one business that I've been doing for the past 20 years as a user experience designer, I've been mm -hmm. designing user interface and, and all of this. And I was like, well, I want to, I want to, I want to help other businesses create online presence. So that could be something that I can sell or a services that can provide. But when I talk to people about it, my passion didn't come out for it as yeah. it was 20 years ago or 50 you yeah. know, years ago. We changed. So, there's no doubt. Yeah. And, and then, and I'm like, well then what, what's my service? Like, what's my person? What am I teaching people? Like, what's my story? And they're like, dude, your video looks amazing. No matter where you go, you should be teaching that. I'm like, you're right. So it, it basically, you know, blinked in my head, like, oh my God, I could totally be doing that because I spent the time, I put the effort in, I, I crafted this entire studio together to get the look that I wanted to look that I wanted yeah. to, you know, get, get going. So I think looking deep into those transformations, what transformation, and, and I think that's what I've been like hearing from people, like you always wanted to say, Hey, you are at point a, I can get you to point B. And these are all mm -hmm. the things that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about you, you know, from your experience, you know, you love getting into, uh, I mean, you have a beautiful motorcycle. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> right, that you go on riding, there's a connection there. You meet people there, right? You you go out and uh, I think there was a story I was um, listening where this realtor uh, loved playing soccer, so he'd go play soccer, and then anybody, anytime anybody needed a home or, or whatever, they would ask him, and you you get into that. Um, oh, I I know all these properties. Blah blah. blah. You you kind of connect them from that level. So I think there's a lot of things that you're doing, which is amazing. You know, you're creating content on a weekly basis. Um, and I don't even, I don't even know where I started going. <laughs> I just love, well, thank you. Yeah, I, problems, right? so well, that's, that's, that that's what I was hearing from you is it's, it's really about problem solving. I, I actually, it's funny, I just put together, I'm going to be running a campaign to build my email list. And, um, you know, my target market are typically young men. If I look at my demographics on YouTube, it's young men between the ages of like 22, or sorry, between the age of 18 and, and like 35, okay. 34. I, yeah. I do have, I do skew a little older as well, but like the real bulk of them, that's where they are. And so, I, and I want to help these guys grow their business. And there's some gals in there. I want to help anybody really. Yeah. But I put together this uh, mini audio course that I'm going to be giving away. If people sign up for the, you know, like a, a list magnet. Yeah. And um, one of the core concepts, so the idea behind this is how do you sell without selling? If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a freelancer, you, you know, you want to grow your business, you have to sell, but a lot of people hate selling. Oh, yeah. like, like, I love to sell, but but not everybody likes to sell. It's rare when people like to sell. So how do you sell without selling? And one of the core things in there is you've got to learn to become a problem solver. If I'm if I'm trying to push my thing on you, I'm like, hey, I need some money, so I've got to find some people that'll hire me because I need cash. Well, then I'm manipulating. Hey, Junaid, you know, uh, I'm going to help you with your strategy. I just start trying to sell stuff to you. No, you don't want that. No one wants to be sold to, but everybody wants to buy. We love yes. buying things. Yes. And the trick is if I can solve problems, then I'm putting you in the position to say, I really want to buy from Mike. The more I can say, tell me about what hurts like a doctor. Where does it hurt? 
tell me a little bit. I think here's the problem. I could solve this for you. Yeah. People want that. And I think that's, you know, what I was listening to a moment ago, my mind went to this and maybe because this is what I'm all about, but mm-hmm. it's all about problem solving. You yeah. create value. And when you do that, you're not, you're still selling, but people want to work. They're asking you, please help me. You're an expert. And, yeah. um, I love what you've done. I mean, I've watched some of the stuff that you've done over the last while with some of your videos and, and, uh, your set, your camera set up, the professionalism, the audio, the video. Yeah. I, I just would imagine there's so many people out there that want to get into video and are saying, I need someone to guide me. Yes. Like they're so complicated. And I bet you could make it simple for them. It's like, here's some tricks. Here's some things we can do. I can t- help you with the gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause a lot of people don't want to like, if I'm a small business owner, I don't know. I don't want to necessarily be a video guy, but right. I need to be in front of the camera to help grow my business. I don't want to deal with all that. Exactly. And if I hire an outside video company, it's going to cost me five, 10 grand a video. And that's expensive. Yeah. So if you could help me set up a studio and teach me the ropes and connect me with an editor that, that, you know, that's a huge service. So, yeah. Beautiful, beautifully put, you know, because I have been talking with a few, um, like I know a few people that run video editing services, like mm-hmm. you, you pay a certain amount per month and you get four or five videos created for you in all the different formats that you want to sure. put on your thing. All you got to do is be able to create that content and hand it over and mm-hmm. they, you know, they do everything. So then you can bring it back and post it on your social medias and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, that's really great. I could probably sell that, but Again, I've I've sucked at sales because I just never was good at it. I remember 10, 10, 15 years ago, I got into cold calling mm. used computer laptops, used laptops, and I'm calling people and like, hey, you guys interested in the laptop? That's tough work. That's tough work. Three months in, and the company, the company uh, CEO or, or president, he was like. All right. Well, you couldn't meet you couldn't meet your quota. Thank you. Thanks for trying. Yeah, but it seems to me in that kind of thing, the only way you're going to meet your quota is by manipulating people. Because yeah. most people, I mean, who wants to buy a used computer laptop to begin with? And now you're cold calling. Were you call Were you calling on corporate accounts or individuals? Who were you calling? Um, that's a good question. I think probably individuals that they probably had a list from. Right. Wow. Like, really? That's tough. Really. Tough. That's like. I can't believe anybody would succeed at that. That's just tough. Yeah. I bet you that company's not even around anymore. They're probably not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was that was an interesting experience. And now that I, you know, now I hear about sales and, and, and copy and and the way you're supposed to talk, it's they're not buying the product. That's they're right. buying who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? To the person. So I've, I've just been honest and I've just been very, um, what's that word? Very transparent on what I'm trying to do, what sure. I'm bringing, you know, what, what I've gone through as, as so what a, problem are you solving? Right. Exactly. Do you have a target market? Is there a group of people that you're, that you're offering this to specifically? So my target market is myself, content creators and podcasters. There you go. Like, nice. I'm, I'm not going to focus on somebody else that I'm not, right? I, sure, mm-hmm. I can go after beekeepers, but beekeepers only want to record so much video. I mean, they have to have photography hobby to be able to get into that. But most of most of the times, not really. But podcasters 
and content creators. I can relate with these people because sure. we're creating content day in, day out. And um, I was talking to a friend, uh, a gentleman the other day, and he's he's a time coach. He's crazy about time. And I told him a little story about how I solved my problem of the studio. Because last year I wanted to do a video course on mobile video production using your smartphone, how to create video, you know, so I'm teaching about lighting, video, uh, audio, what format you need to be, where the, you know, there's like few things in there. So I've been wanting to create videos for that and like a course around it. So I'm like looking around, I'm like, okay, where do I set? I got these yellow walls in my background. <laughs> like that's not gonna work. And like I have, I did some videos in 2018, put them on, on LinkedIn and I, I look back at those videos. The bouquet is beautiful, but the background is like all over the place. Yeah. And I ended up going and buying a, a backdrop. I'm like, okay, this is gonna work. I set it up in a different room. I set up the cameras, I set up all these things, but now it's, you know, it's been an hour and a half. I haven't recorded any video and I have to go feed the kids. Like yeah. that's, then, then you, the day's over, right? Then the next day you go to work and you come back I'm like, okay, now the kids want to play in this area. You got to put everything away. So I was like, this is not going to work. I, I, there's so much friction. There's so mm -hmm. much friction. That's why, that's why gym membership is one of the <laughs> biggest not thing that people would sign up for because they're so excited at the beginning of the year, but then middle of the year, you're not even going to the gym anymore because you know, it's so much friction. So I was like, hard. I yeah, that friction. Yeah. It's unless it's, it's like, if you, unless you've got the weight set right in front of the Netflix uh, <laughs> television in your basement, you're yeah. out of luck. There's it's yeah. hard to sustain. Yeah. Yes. No doubt. So that's what I did for myself. And I was like, okay, this, this looks like it's going to work. So I was like, okay, I'm, if I can focus on my kind of people, people who are in my boat, they mm -hmm. probably just started podcasting and, and podcasting number has been going insane. Oh yeah. In the past 90 days, we have 390,000 new podcasts in 2020. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's going insane. Mike, it's been, it's been so awesome learning about you, learning with you and, you know, keeping in touch with you. It's, it's been an honor, you know, having you on, on the podcast, uh, you know, I've watched your videos and I've been, you know, we chat every once in a while you do in the live. So what you did recently is you've created a new channel for mm -hmm. just your live videos. What's the philosophy behind that? Is that one of the experiments you're thinking? Well, yeah, what I was finding, you know, I was looking at the data. So I, I have this audience, like I mentioned, and what would happen is, you know, I go some time and I wouldn't create a video. And as I, as the channel would just sit kind of a handful of days, it would grow. Mm -hmm. Not a lot, but two, three people a day would, you know, start to subscribe. Whenever I came out with a static video, meaning like I just did a video, like how to, how to, you know, how to build a strategy, let's say. Yeah. The channel would grow from that too. But whenever I did a live stream, mm -hmm. I was noticing, because I started live streaming in February this year, 2020, mm -hmm. I noticed that um, I would lose subscribers. And I was like, that's okay. I mean, I, I think it's not for everybody. But what was happening is live streaming, you know, to your point about the gym, live streaming is so easy to do. I mean, yeah. you just flip on the lights and camera and you're off to the races. And and I really love doing it. I love the audience engagement. You know, there are people, there are regulars that show up. You get to chit chat. It's like, it's like family. You hang out and you have a good time. 
So what was happening was I was live streaming pretty often and then putting static videos up every so often. So every time I would live stream, the channel would take a hit. That would slowly start to stabilize and then start to gain subscribers again. I'd live stream and take another hit. And I thought, you know what? I think the channel's trying to tell me something. There's a group of people that really love the live streams. Yeah. But there's another group of people that are like, I didn't sign up for this. And I don't, you know, people don't like seeing a two hour video, you know, in their stream. And Mm -hmm. so the thought was just, I did, I talked to some people and I thought, let me create a second channel for the live stream. And what Mm -hmm. that also does for me is it gives me some freedom on the live stream to not worry about, the brand. I mean, I'm always thinking of my brand, Yeah. but I can focus on the larger channel. There's some things I want to do like video essays. Mm-hmm. I've got one in the works. If it ever makes the light of day about BMW and some of their design changes, mm-hmm. I've got some other stuff in the works about um, the history of strategy and business. And, and also I'm working on one right now about the microchip, um, you, you know, the, the like uh, Intel getting out of the microchip business and that there's this one company in Taiwan that basically creates all the microchips. So, so I'm working on some really interesting content there. Mm-hmm. And then the other hand, I can do these kind of fun live streams where I hop on and have a good time with people, yeah. a little bit more freedom. And, uh, and it keeps those separate. And, and there are people that watch both. I've got people that are subscribed to both channels, but I think it gave the other folks a chance to say, okay, good. I'm, I can get what I want. And I don't have to get frustrated with this other stuff yeah. that I'm seeing all the time. That's, that's all. It just made it easier for me. Right. It's, we'll see. I mean, maybe down the road, I want to bring those back together, but I, I can see those being two separate channels. Uh, and what I do now is my podcast used to be audio only. Like you mm-hmm. said, I go on location, I'd interview an entrepreneur. I've kind of shifted gears and said, okay, yeah. I've made uh, once a week, a live stream is the actual podcast. Nice. And I want to start bringing guests back into that now that we've got video and everybody's set up for video chat. Yeah. But at this stage, I've, I'm just doing like a, you know, a talk on a topic. I'm chatting with people. I'll trim that down uh, and then post that to, you know, Apple and Spotify and so on. So you can still yeah. get the audio only, but people can participate as I do the podcast live, which is kind of fun too. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a really great idea. Um, bringing on, on guests for live and then having a separate channel for live. So what what I've what I've what I've experienced with live is yes the the engagement is there but I think what's really fun is when you have people talking back and you know the audience that you build yeah you probably follow or heard me talk about Pat Flynn over the over the past few months right oh yeah and he did like a didn't he do um. He did like a whole 30 days straight of live streaming. Like he did an experiment where he went nuts with live streaming. No, he didn't stop. He hasn't. Oh, he stopped. didn't. He, okay. He, he's done 150, probably 150 days. I, I lost wow. count. You know, he just every single day, actually, he's going live uh, from, um, I think it's 9 a.m. his time in uh, California or it's 11 a.m. Eastern time. So whatever. Yep. Yep. So, so if things two hours every day and he's got a whole bunch of people and what he's done is he is he's created a separate community on circle.com where you get to be part of this community there's i think 500 people now paying 50 bucks a month wow in this community yeah (laughs) right because he he's been doing it for you know over 10 years this podcast video and what have you and and he's he's basically bringing all of that knowledge basically unraveling everything and um 
he's gained some followers and and he's... now does he just do q a like does he have a topic every time or is he just jumping and do q a uh, live stream each time he's got topics so on on saturdays he does website review so people can submit their website okay. he does a review on sundays he has a q a and then the rest of the days he's got some kind of something going on okay um, and and he also engages you know so you have the same regular people coming on so he for 100th day he brought on some of these people that continuously came on on zoom chat so then they can all you know come and talk to him on you know face to face or something like that so that was pretty fun and then through that community there's at least five or you know 10 or 16 people that got together and created a video thanking pat flynn for all of that right so wow i was like wow this is really interesting like he's created a community just out of that and then and there was a slack channel all around it i'm like this is really interesting, powerful very interesting very powerful but then what's what's funny is that whoever created the slack channel they're like no 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 we don't need pat flynn in here okay we're just going to manage this community ourselves and talk about the stuff that he's talking about and help each other. Uh, yeah. Right. So basically like a fan club where he, you know, yeah, is not in there. So I was like, this is really interesting. And, and Pat's been experimenting with so many different things and he's, he's got connections with not just connections, but like he's learned strategies from other YouTubers and, and collaborations and whatnot. So, you know, who's to say, you know, where he's taking it, but it's it's been pretty in, insane just watching that journey, you know, for the past 150, 150. And he episodes. didn't he did not create a second channel. He's just using his main channel for this, right? The main channel. He's yeah. even created. Uh, he even like went out and contacted this uh, musician to create a a music tone for, and he calls it the income stream, right? So they're talking about income. And so he's got a whole song around it. I, I don't want to play it because it's going to be stuck in your head and stuck in my head. <laughs> but it's it's very catchy. Yeah. Like, this is really cool. So anyways, that's been something. And then so that's what he's been doing. And But what I've been doing or I've been participating in this other Facebook group called Unconventional Leaders. And for the past um, three or four months, we've been doing coffee chats. So at 4 p.m. every day, we would, you know, basically go live in the Facebook group and then share a Zoom link. So anybody wants to jump in, they click oh, wow. the link. So there's yeah. not eight, seven people talking about everything entrepreneurship, everything about why we exist and, you know, our whys and stories and TikTok and Instagram and, and like you name it. There's all sorts of conversations happening. And I've connected, I, I've like grown just being in those chats just mm. by sharing my story by sharing what i've struggled with and hearing from other people it's been it's been a very transforming experience for mm. sure that's awesome that's awesome you know that the there's almost i i don't know if you struggle with this i struggle because there's so much good stuff out there yeah. and i and i love learning yeah like i just love taking in all this stuff and then I find like I've run out of time to, to, <laughs> to create and put stuff out there. And it's like, 
And it's not the fear of missing out. I mean, I know there's the whole FOMO where it's like, well, I have to be on Twitter. I've gotten past that. It's really just, I like, you learn so much from other people and people are so generous in sharing their ideas and collaborating. And it's like, okay, well, how do I, how do I get enough time to make, you know, there's gotta be a balance. And I don't think I've figured that out. You know, I just burn the candle on both ends, but that's not, I think the answer necessarily. Yeah. but the funny thing is, so each conversation, every time we had this kind of, we would have a conversation, we would, you know, take screenshots and whatnot and share. But what I also started thinking about is anytime I'm talking on Zoom, on camera, on talking to anybody, that that conversation is sitting on Facebook, is sitting somewhere mm-hmm. that I can re-download and reshare it. Like, sure. that's another way that I've been thinking like, okay, Anytime I'm talking to the to somebody, let's just look at the camera and not at the screen. Because yeah. I can take yeah. stuff out of it. But again, it's so much work. It's a ton of work. Like you said, you know, there's not enough time in the day. I mean, I have a subscription of to masterclass.com where I can go learn by writing okay. from Malcolm Gladwell, you know, uh, stand-up comedy from Steve Martin and oh, acting, yeah. um, you know, uh, what's his what's his name? Uh, Dang, I forget it. Uh, what is the topic? The acting from uh, the Malkovich, the, John Malkovich. John Malkovich has acting. I didn't know that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, um, this amazing actor, um, G- Jackson. You can you can learn how to do electronic music from Dead Mouse. You can yes. do. I mean, all that stuff. Ron Howard does directing and exactly. There's so much. Yeah, stuff. Scorsese is on there. I think it's yes, nuts. He is. It's, yeah. it's nuts. And, and uh, Steve, you know, R- Ramsey. Yeah. Gordon Ramsey's on there teaching you yep. how to cook. And, and there's a video that my wife found how to cook the perfect burger. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So there's so much to learn, but there's not enough time. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay, which lane do I pick? Which lane's going to bring me money back? Which lane's going to help me? get to that next level. So then I can spend more time doing this stuff. Well, absolutely. And one of the things I share with my clients, um, whenever we're talking strategy, I'll say to them, this is more on the corporate level, but I think it applies to us individually as well. Yeah. People get focused on strategies being, what are we, what are we going to do? The, there's another piece to strategy, which is what are we not going to do? What are we going to choose to say no to? And I think that's a very important dialogue to have either as a team or to have with yourself. Yes. As you're trying to figure out, because, you know, we are limited entities on this earth. I'm not omnipotent. I'm not um, omniscient and omnipresent. I'm I'm just Mike and I've got a limited bag of resources to work with. So what am I going to say no to? And and it's actually, it can be tough, but it's also liberating. Sometimes having constraints, you know, when we, when I ran my agency, we did a lot of design work and, and I don't sell myself as a designer, but I had some world-class designers on my team. And, and my one guy, his name is Phil Dagger, mm-hmm. just a wonderful person, very, very talented man, uh, designer. But he said, often the, the best design comes out of having constraints. When a client says, oh, you know, I don't want to give you any guidelines. Just It's wide open. Do whatever you want. Yeah. That's actually bad. You want the client to, to create constraints because then when you've got constraints, you, you come out with some really amazing solutions. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that's the challenge we have right now. It's like we, we have to give ourselves constraints somehow so that we can do great work. And, and um, 
I think that's hard to do. I don't know about you, but I think it's hard to do because I think for me, and I'm sensing a, a kindred spirit here, I love learning. It's just pleasurable. Yeah. I just yeah. love to learn. And sometimes I have to say, look, you can learn all you want, but it's not valuable. It's more valuable if you share what you're learning with the world. You have to share yes. it somehow. Not that everything, but I have yeah. to share some. So, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely excellent points. You got to have the constraints. You got to have those boundaries. So then you can create in that space and flourish. Yes. And it, I think that's why Apple's created the human, you know, interaction guidelines, you know, mm. created the material guidelines. So anytime I'm designing something, I set up my, my artboard to say, okay, I'm going to design within this space. Sure. You're a UX UI designer, right. you know, this yeah. so factors. Absolutely. Got to have that. And then that's what's going to create me to, that's when, that's what's going to create a really usable application and experience right. that people are like, okay, this makes sense. I can flow through it without reading the manual. Hmm. Hmm. It's good. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that point. You know, that's, that's really powerful. And so we got to put constraints on ourselves. My wife always tells me, how are we going to do 10 million things? The reason you're not able to get to that next level is because you're doing, you're spreading yourself thin. Too much. Yeah. Too much, right. Yeah. Uh, I was no. one example I came up with, you know, we only have so much butter till the day is done. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, and the time you get to the edge of the day, you know, the butter is done and now you got to go to sleep in this next day. It only spreads so far. Yes. Although yeah. I have to admit, my wife uh, grew up in a British, uh, she grew up in South Africa, which mm -hmm. used to be like a British colony back yeah. in the day. And it was a Commonwealth country. Mm -hmm. Me being an American, you know, we put butter on toast. We just slap it on there. But she... She could get the butter from edge to edge on the toast, and it was perfect. Like she's wow. very good at buttering toast, and I just I used to tease her that that was that was her kind of English heritage <laughs> that she's good at buttering toast. But you're right, nice. there's only so much butter, and you got to yep. cover that bread uh, yep, before. Absolutely, yeah, that's Mike, great. Mike, it's been so awesome talking with you. You know, learning so much from you, learning the the parallels that we have amongst each other and our passion for so many different things. I do have some questions towards this part of the podcast. Okay. Let's what go is, for it. All right, let's do this. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? I would say uh, I would say sword fighting. I wish I was I I always thought martial arts were the coolest thing. I loved as a kid like mm -hmm. Hong Kong theater karate movies. But, you know, there is something as I get older, um, and, and I don't know if this is for everybody, I, I don't know if this is a guy thing or what, but yeah. there's this, this, the ability to project um, yourself, uh, and I don't mean just voice, but like project your power, project your physicality. I just feel like fencing or some type of um, Asian sword fighting would just be a cool hobby. I think it would be very fulfilling. I know it sounds silly. It's not like I'm going to walk around town with a sword <laughs> on, my, on my, like it's, uh, you know, like the medieval days, but I think it would just be really cool to know how to do that. So that I don't know how to do that, but I think it would be cool. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you can find some time to learn some fencing. I mean, yeah, I think you that are properly those... distancing while you're fencing. That's true. <laughs> right. And you've got the, the, maybe the mask could be uh, better filtered. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one. What did you want to be when you were a child? So when I was a young, young child, I grew up Catholic. And when I was a young child, I wanted to be a priest. 
Mm. And then, and I think it's because I had a heart that was sensitive to spiritual things and so on. I had a good mother, still have a good mother. Yeah. Then, then I became a teenager. Well, not even a teenager. I think I was an adolescent and I discovered that, that, that there were these other beings on the earth that were very beautiful and, uh, <laughs> and, and those were girls. And so I realized that I didn't want to be a priest anymore because in the Catholic <laughs> church, priests can't marry. Um, but I think in my early days, I wanted to be a priest and, um, and then when I got into my teen years, I was very interested in this idea, which has kind of come through to today of publishing. So this is pre-internet, but I was interested in printing presses, books, newspapers, anything that kind of communicated information on public speaking. I was just fascinated with the concept of, of publishing. And I don't mean publishing print material, but just yeah. getting information out into the world. And uh, fast forward to 2020, and I would have never imagined that I'd be yeah. sitting talking to a friend, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in I'm in New York and you're in DC and we're putting together this piece of content that's going to get published out to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. So exactly. This yeah. Beautiful. It's a beautiful time. Absolutely. The, the, the breadth and the flexibility we have to create content, to create a piece of it's awesome. Art, it's so accessible. Like it's really amazing. It's, yeah. Nobody has an excuse anymore. Right. No. And no. Uh, there's applications like, and the different platforms like uh, Facebook, Instagram, so Snapchat, and YouTube. then TikTok, yeah. YouTube, right? Yep. All of these platforms give you that power. And I keep seeing these companies copying each other. And they're not afraid, right? They're not yeah. afraid to copy each other. Like, and, and you could probably see this, right? Snapchat came out with this. Um, buttonless interface that you okay. swipe everywhere. As soon as you open the app, you have camera, you're recording camera, you're creating stories. Facebook was not afraid to copy that. They're like, that's we're right. going to put this in all of our apps. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Now, every single app that's out there has a story concept. Then TikTok came with the, you know, the vines and, and the kid TikTok. So they're not afraid to copy each other. That's I don't right. think we should be afraid to copy each other when we, you're creating our brand and our individualistic, because we're going to bring in our individuality no matter what kind sure. of weight. That's a good way to get inspired at the least is to look at how other people do it. And if you try it out, you go, this doesn't fit me, but you might synthesize, you might take someone's mm -hmm. idea and then who you are, synthesize those into something new. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, like you look at Casey Neistat on video, uh, YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, for a while, not as much, but everybody was trying to be like Casey Neistat. But, but then after a while, I think people have taken Casey Neistat's style and made it their own and synthesized yeah. it into something new. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I it agree. Is. And if you look at look at Hollywood, they're a bunch of copycats. Oh, they're terrible. They need right? some creativity in Hollywood. I'd, I'd love for something to come out that's fresh and new. <laughs> no, no, what's amazing is, is we had one of the best shows, you know, Seinfeld. I didn't grow up watching it, but I watched it after the fact, you know, after okay. it was done. I think it was one of the best shows and yeah. every other sitcom follows that same model. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody. Um, and then he did it again with coffees and cars. Yeah. <laughs> with cars. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah. And apparently there's a lot of copies of that show too. <laughs> People. Well, even, even um, curb your enthusiasm with Larry David. So Larry David was the writer that worked with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of just did his own version of Seinfeld, but it was curb your enthusiasm, but it was yes. about Larry David. And 
it's it's genius. I mean, it works. But yes. but but you know, it's, it has a huge like. There's a huge following of curb your enthusiasm. Yes, it's really is. amazing. Yeah, it is. it's an amazing show. So talking about shows, what is your favorite movie or TV show? So favorite movie, I, you know, I'm I am kind of a movie buff. Now as I get older, I've noticed that that my patience and my interest with music and pop culture and movies has mm-hmm. waned a little bit. And I'm, it's not that I'm, but I've always loved films. I mean, The Bicycle Thief or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or yeah. there's just so many different movies. So it's hard for me to say which is my favorite. One of, one of them that's kind of interesting, and I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but I think The Matrix was amazing. Now, I didn't like all three of them, mm-hmm. but I thought The Matrix was just uh, groundbreaking and it it's uh, very postmodern. It's dystopian. Uh, it's it's hard for me to say. If I had to pick a favorite, one that really captures my imagination, mm-hmm. I would say Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's just such a beautiful, I guess I'm going back to martial arts, but mm-hmm. there's a real beauty uh, and there's a real, it's very realistic. And on one hand, it's very fantastic on another. It's a yeah. story. It's a love story. It's a story of of power. It's a story of hope and, um, and desire. It, it spans, it's, it's, it's cinematic. I mean, there's just so much there. Um, I just think that's a beautifully shot, beautifully told story. But then on the other hand, I can, I can get into, um, TV shows and stuff. You know, the one TV show I never got into and I've tried to, and I just don't know why I haven't been able to is Breaking Bad. And I feel everybody's like, how could you not? I don't hate it. I'm not anti Breaking Bad. It just mm-hmm. has never grabbed me and, and pulled me in. Yeah. But I, but I watch it. And I go, okay. I see. I see the attraction. It just just never really did it for me. But so, so how many seasons did you get into or- with Breaking Bad? Mm-hmm. You know, I probably watched six or eight episodes of the first season and just okay. thought, ah, eh. it just it just wasn't pulling me into the next episode. And if it, yeah. You know, on another level, I love it. I love the little details like that little Pontiac Aztec that he drives so pathetic. Or there's like a, there's a lot of genius in that show. Yeah. I totally understand it. It just never grabbed me, which I don't know why that is. I, it's, it's a deficiency in me, obviously. <laughs> no, um, no. But it, yeah. No, so the, the way the show was set up, I think they did, they used season one to be the pilot season. I mean, that's mostly, mm-hmm. most of the times it yep. is, but, yep. but when it get, when it got picked up, I think season two has more episodes than season one. Okay. And so should I hang in there? Do you feel like I should keep going? I think you should hang in there. I, I love better call Saul, which I know is a little sillier. It's not it as sillier, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Like, I just think it's genius. Um, it and I understand what it is. It's a little bit more lightweight. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll hang in there. I'll try a few more episodes. I'll try to get to season two. Typically when the weather turns, like right now we've got good weather on the East coast. So I'm very yes. busy outdoors and all that. Um, yeah. When it starts getting cold and dark, I'll sit and watch much more television <laughs> Uh, and I'll and I'll make an effort. I promise you. You know, you know another way that uh, my teammates. So I'm I'm also uh, on a cycling team. The one mm-hmm. way that we get on to watch shows is we'll put a TV in front of a bike and sit on okay. a trainer. Yeah, that's the way to doors, do it. Right. So you you're doing two things at the same time. You well, know? you can that's tell <laughs> just looking at me. I'm the pinnacle of fitness. The pinnacle <laughs> of fitness. <laughs> Ladies, I am married, so please. Respect, you know, respect my marriage and <laughs> no, but you're right. Uh the the breaking bad uh did take me some while I 
I, I don't remember how long it took me to get to the next season, but I think my wife said the same thing. She's like, I can't mm -hmm. get into the show. I'm like, no, 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 you just gotta, you just gotta get over that first hump, right? First yeah. season hump. And then you just see him just take on that this entire new role. And sure. it's an amazing story about Brian Cranston too, like how he was able to go from Malcolm in the middle right. to this new role. I mean, now he's like a superstar. He's in, he's shown up in all sorts of movies. Yeah. I think it shows that journey and his, his ability. Uh, to... So much respect for him. That shows the depth of him as an actor yeah. and as a creator. I just, I just a lot of respect for him. Yeah. The transformation that his character goes through in Breaking Bad and you're right. Some of the other stuff he's done. Yeah. You know, the other show, I'll just one show that I love. Yeah. Uh, and this is because I was in high school in the early eighties, but that would be stranger things. I, I love the combination of nostalgia, the, mm -hmm. the videography, the, the cinematography, the music that they pull in and the story that they tell a uh, season one, two season three was still good. Like I struggled yeah. with season three a little I bit, but then afterwards it. thought I like it, mm -hmm. but I, I love uh, what they've done with, that show and I just a lot of respect for Stranger Things. I haven't met anybody that says they didn't love it, but from my generation, I graduated high school in 1984. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so uh, that just that just touched on so many things for me watching the 70s and the 80s. But uh, no, that's, yeah, that's a really good point, and and it's something about the 80s. There was so much creativity. Yeah, in that entire era for 70s and 80s, there was a ton of creativity. And I think that's why movie Hollywood studio just sticks, goes back to that. They keep going back to the future, right? Yeah. Keep going back to those shows to see what, what else can we unfurl? Like we, right. uh, Netflix just released Transformers war for, you know, from yeah. Cybertron copying, you know, taking that entire story of the eighties of the original, you know, Autobots and, and how they looked. And it's just it's just so well done because yeah i think oh, i'm sorry go, i didn't mean to cut you off no 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 absolutely I, I was just gonna say i think the thing about the 80s and i think the 70s too but the 80s had a real aesthetic mm -hmm. so like living through the 80s i don't remember feeling creative at the time but it has such an aesthetic the whole the, the whole kind of electro wave vapor wave which is you know popular now but yeah um all the airbrushed art, the neon stuff that, that like, and some of it was kind of shallow, like some mm -hmm. of the 80s aesthetic was shallow, but looking back, it's so yeah. recognizable and so unique that I think it's just fascinating. If you look at the 90s, you go, well, what was the aesthetic of the 90s? Was it grunge, you know, flannel? And like, it was very, the, the 90s were very, um, very Gen X, very postmodern, but the 80s, there was still a naivete and there was just this beautiful aesthetic and this music soundscape that lends itself, I think, for the kind yeah. of content that's coming out today. But it's fun. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that you mentioned about music uh, and the, the aesthetics of 80s and then 90s, we can't really pinpoint. And I think what happened, and, and this is just my perspective of what happened in 80s is, you know, do you have a general body of musicians and thing? Mm -hmm. And then... What happened in the 90s is more and more people started niching down. Fractured, yeah. Fractured yeah. or you know, niching down into d their own different spaces. And I think one thing that um, Seth Godin mentioned about one of the, the Grateful Dead is one of the most popular bands without doing any marketing because they were so mm. niche and creating their vibe. They're creating their, their own tribe. And I think that's 
we see a lot more of that in the 20s and in the 20s the 2020s yeah 2020s right yeah that that uniqueness and and how all you need is a thousand to two thousand followers to build your brand yeah build your own you know own thing you don't have to have a million followers to make it in this time which is so beautiful i think i think that's what's happening with the times and and we're we're there's still that concept of of generalizing population like oh the millennials are do <laughs> these are yeah. the millennials gen xers right so it's easier to say but again if you look so deep into it they're they're doing their own thing they don't even care mm -hmm. about anything else so it's it's amazing that when you when you look into the past and and what the future is going to be and you know where we're going it's just amazing hmm. talking about the 80s there's a new I don't know if you call it new, but there's a new form of music called synthwave. You have to check it yeah. out. Oh yeah, oh totally. It's on yeah. my playlist every single day. Yeah, it's so good. I kind of I tried to find when I did that Cybertruck review video. Yeah. I found kind of a synthwave mm. soundtrack that I was able to use for certain scenes because I thought that would really embody the aesthetic of the Cybertruck yeah. and the tone. So yeah, I love synthwave vaporwave i mean there's all this stuff it's just like it's really fun i nice. <laughs> it's really fun <laughs> it is a it's a lot of fun look what i found that's mine look what i found all right I found this. I found this. I found they found my transformer bumblebee from oh, nice 10 years ago mine. okay buddy you Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next question. We just got a couple more. Okay. What movie? So you, you you pick your movie, your favorite movie to be Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, it was a tough one. I mean, I it was a tough one. I mean, it's yeah. a really great movie. I mean, um, who directed it? I'm trying to remember. But who, no matter, no matter. The next question is: What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Oh, goodness. I'd have to choose a John Woo movie. I'd have to go with, and I guess it's funny, your audience is going to think all I care about is Hong Kong theater, which is not <laughs> true. But um, I'd have to go with a John Woo movie. And I want to play, I like, um, the was it The Replacement Killers? I can't, no, that's no, that's Woody Harrelson. Okay. John Woo, and it would have to be the Ch a Chow Yun-Fat character. Mm. Um Hard boiled. I'll go with hard boiled. I want to be Chow Yun Fat and hard boiled. Now I don't have, I'm not tough enough or cool enough to play. And this goes back. This is again. I'm kind of going retro on you, mm -hmm. but uh, that would be me if I could choose any one. Well, you definitely, definitely can because this question actually comes from the book Ready Player One, which was very nicely done as a movie too. Mm. Uh, and in the book, they he has to embody. Matthew Broderick in War Games and know then all of the oh, okay. lines from the movie to solve a puzzle. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a huge vibe of the '80s in this uh, in this book. Also, you know, Ready sure. Player One. You have to check it out. All right. Next question: Who is your favorite superhero? Favorite superhero. I'm gonna have to go with. 
I'm going to go. Uh, so here, this is not a superhero, but can I, can I choose a favorite cartoon kind Absolutely. of hero character? Yeah, yeah. All right. So when I was a kid, and this goes back to aesthetics, I loved the, the cartoon series Johnny Quest. Oh, yes. You remember Johnny Quest? I and I want to say that Johnny Quest was like created in the 60s. I mean, this is an old. And, and my favorite character on there was a guy named, I think it was Ace or Race Bannon. So Johnny Quest was this young kid. His father was some scientist. He had a little buddy named Haji and they had uh, a little dog and the three of them would get into adventures. But I think it was Ace Bannon was like this, almost like a 007 bodyguard kind of guy. And he would always rescue them. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Ace. Is it Ace or Race? I think it's Ace Bannon. I'm going to go with Ace Bannon. Nice. Johnny Quest. Not a superhero. Race Bannon. It's Uh, Race with an R. Yeah. Race Bannon voiced by Mike Rode. Okay. Nice. He was the original OG badass cartoon guy for me. So that's my choice. Nice. I love Sorry it. for the PG language, by the way. It's <laughs> not a problem. So it's all good. All right. Fantastic. Last question. All right. If you were a board game, what would it be? If I were a board game, I would be Risk. Hands nice. down, Risk. Hands down. That's a, that's a powerful game. You... And it kind of makes sense because you love coming up with strategies and helping people strategize. Yeah. That's, yep. that's really awesome. And it it takes all that and combines it with world domination. Yes. A real, you know, if you were asking me what my favorite hobby is, I, I maybe I should, instead of sword fighting, I should just go to world domination. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, risk, it's all about strategy. And I, and there's something, you know, on a more gentle side, I, I really love the difference between cultures, countries. I love traveling. I love, people from other cultures learning about things. And, and so there's, so there's the whole strategy world domination, but then there's this beautiful, almost fantastic map of the world, this imaginative map of the world. And um, each, each country seems to call to me and they have, you know, the old names like Ertutsk and these different, you know, that we don't use anymore, but yeah, yeah, that, that would be me risk. Fantastic. I love it. Risk is an awesome game. We used to play a ton of it. Back in the days, I, I I think I even found an app for it. So I'm gonna okay. go go back and see if I can play some. Again, it all comes down to one thing that we have a very finite limit of time. Time. <laughs> yeah, and risk is a three hour commitment. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely is. Well, Mike, thank you so much for spending your time with us here on Hacks and Hobbies. Where can my audience find you? Well, I will, I will be happy to share that, Junaid. Before I say that, let me tell you, thank you so much for having me. I, I What an honor to connect on this level. You know, I've been developing a friendship. And, and what a pleasure for me as we've been doing this interview to discover on what level we're kindred spirits. Not only interested in some of the same things, but I think maybe I've inferred from our conversation we're motivated and even wired similarly. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, people can find me, just go to my website, just go to mikegaston.com. I'll spell it. It's M-I-K-E-G-A-S-T-I-N, gaston.com. You can sign up for my newsletter, stay connected there. You can find me on YouTube, Mike Gaston. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Mike Gaston. Just hit me up. And I love connecting with people as Junaid knows. So it would be a pleasure just reach out. And uh, obviously I can't like, you know, spend all day, just chit-chatting with everybody, but I don't, it's just fun. The relationships are really what make life worthwhile. So yeah, that's that I would encourage people, please get in touch. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Mike. We will, 
I'll be sure to, what's that word I say? I'll be sure to include the links in the show notes so people can get in touch with you and, uh, you know, connect with you on, a, on another level on your YouTube channel because you've created some really amazing videos. Uh, you know, the depth of knowledge that you have around branding, around business, around entrepreneurship, and I think there's a lot of, there's a ton of good stuff. In fact, I, I, I uh, share one of your videos about interviewing. Oh yeah, to a lot of people, and you know, share that story because it resonates with you know from, because you connect with people on a human level, not oh I gotta be good to this guy, but I'm not, I'm gonna be bad to other guys because that that shows what type of human you are. You talking about the one where I I shared a little secret where I would take prospective hires out for lunch and observe how they treat the wait staff. Yeah. That's uh, that's real deal too. That wasn't just like I really would do that. And um, it's telling. (laughs) It's very telling. (laughs) Jay, this has been so much fun. It was a ton of fun. Thank you. Yeah, really grateful. I I hope that uh, your podcast and, you know, your your business offering for content creators all thrive and succeed. And I'm looking forward to seeing where you take all this. I'm glad to be a part of it. So thank you. Thank you so much. This was fun. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this Hacks and Hobbies episode. Junaid would love to hear from you, so please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit hacksandhobbies.com to find additional information on the guest today, as well as the show notes.